to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Worship... Hey, welcome to another episode of a Worship Leader Essentials podcast. This is Nicole, and I am taking over the podcast. I guess she is. Because that's what I do. I just uh, take things over. (laughs) (laughs) So much in your personality. Yeah, totally. But this week, uh, I'm really excited to uh, take the helm of hosting this podcast. I have in the studio with me today, Austin and Cammie Ryan as my guests. How are you guys? What's up? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of of clapping in the background. (laughs) The audience is going crazy. We talked about that recently. Yeah. All right. So today I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, We are talking about worship planning. Um, Before we get into what worship planning is and kind of how how we go about that, I want to ask you guys, how long have each of you been planning services in churches? Oh my gosh. Um, I started planning services in churches back at a little church 31 years ago. And um, back then, what it took for me to plan a service was I had to get the three hymns or four hymns or whatever and the hymn numbers to the church secretary on Wednesday by noon. That was my worship plan. (laughs) I understood like two things about what you just said. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, Nicole, we've been doing this longer than you've been alive. (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) That's what it boils down to. <laughs> so, Cammy, it's about the same for you, about 30 yeah, years? Pro- no, probably more like about 20 for me. 20. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a long time. That's a long time. That's a lot of time to refine this um, process. So, how long have you been teaching this specific process to other churches? Um, early on in Worship Catalyst days, I would say, which is, you know, we're looking at 14 years now. So, definitely the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. That's pretty awesome. Um, this is a pretty unique process. I've only been involved in church as well with you guys. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> so, we've, we've, so you don't know the alternative. So I really don't. But I've heard you guys talk about the alternative. <laughs> so from what I can tell, this is a pretty unique process. Can you kind of describe what this worship planning process looks like to our audience? You know, from a let me just back up from like a really 30,000 foot view the idea is that we get people together who are from our church, several people who try to put together something that's creative and interesting and inspiring to lead people towards God in a way that they'll learn uh, along the way. So it's like it's like a unique deal in that we include other people in the process and think about it from more than just a preaching and singing perspective. And this is different from other churches, is what you're, what you're saying. This is not not, not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not the norm from what we've seen. You know, we've worked with hundreds of churches uh, over the last 14 years or so, and typically, typically a church has a worship leader or you know music leader or something, and they typically will just pick four songs that might or might not connect with the sermon in some way, and then they you know perform those songs, and that's worship planning. You know, but what we're trying to do is to be more comprehensive in the way that we see 
uh, in the way that we connect all of the dots around whatever the big ideas that God wants to say that day in the service. Yeah. All right. So I've heard you guys talk about the reasons that um, planning in a team is better than planning in a vacuum. What are those four reasons? Can you just go through it really quickly? Definitely. Um, you do it as a team because you get more people involved in the process. You can be more creative and there's a better understanding of the congregation and the different perspectives there. If you have more people, a part of the team and like so often is the case, you know, one person can't be great every week. And so it's really great to have the different perspectives um, all sitting around a table together sharing. Oh, man, those are really, really good reasons. Why do you think this is beneficial? Because, I mean, it sounds harder. I mean, it, those are great reasons, but this sounds like a more difficult process than picking a few songs right. for Sunday. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Even yeah. if they're hymns with numbers. That sound, this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we did have to know the numbers. <laughs> uh, this sounds more difficult, more time consuming. But why overall is this beneficial for a worship leader listening to this to, to give this type of worship planning a, a shot? You know... When I think about that question, I think about back to the day when it all kind of hit me because I remember where I was walking down the hall of a church. I'd been leading worship for a decade at this point, probably. And um, I just remember thinking if if this um, service development lands on only me, um, I'm going to run out of creativity and life in about two more weeks. You know what I mean? I was like, this is going to get really boring to everybody in the congregation unless I get some other people in the room talking about it. And so um, for me, that moment was like transformational because I not only was I going to be like Cammy said, not only was I looking at how do we get people involved and how do we get it more creative and how do we, you know, get a better understanding of the congregation, all that kind of stuff. But from a personal perspective, I was going, I'm not going to have to carry the load of this by myself anymore. You know, I'm going to actually have an opportunity to, um, to kind of show up to show up to planning without having to be the person that has to come up with every single thing that we do. And that was a big relief for me. Yeah. It's the word I hear you guys saying a lot is creativity, creativity, and trying to create on your own for that long can be sound, can be exhausting. I know. Right. Um, but why is being creative in worship services so important? What's the, what's the big deal? I think, you know, when you ask that, it makes me think of, you know, attributes of God. I mean, the God we serve is creative. And we see that from the very beginning in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, He created heavens and the earth. He, that's an attribute of God that's important. And I mean, hopefully if we're spending time with him and becoming more like him as his children, we also would take on those attributes and hopefully then we are creative in response. You know, a lot of people you ask, are you creative? And they'll be like, Oh no, not me. I don't, I don't draw. I don't, you know, I can't write songs. Well, there's a lot of different ways to be creative. And I think our services and everything that we, um, doing our lives needs to have some element of that. And so it just makes sense then that we would want that to be, you know, that that would be a high value for us in planning a service. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if our services are going to take on the character of God, they got to be creative. Yeah. You know, and if we are going to take on the character of God, we have to be creative. And I almost like the one thing that Cammie and I, we teach all the time is if we're not being creative in everything that we do, then we're not living up to the potential that God has for us. 
And so that goes into our worship planning as well. Like if we're planning a worship service and we're just throwing it together, not only are we not living personally up to the, what God intended for us, but we're not leaving, like, we're not even helping the church to live up to its potential, uh, in the way that God made us creative. And so I think there is a spiritual aspect to it. That's the most important, like creativity is spiritual, but also there's kind of a tactical thing that, that is really important to think about because if we put together the perfect song set and we perform those songs like rock stars, I mean, just like nail it, you know, and we have a sermon that's put together with all the great points and we may even have a connecting point in there between all that. And yet people go home and they don't remember anything we talked about and they don't apply it to our, their lives. Then it was, I'm not going to go as far to say that it was a waste of time, but I will go ahead and say it was a missed opportunity. Because if people don't remember what we actually talk about, then we just missed an opportunity to really make a difference in somebody's life rather than just producing a show for them, you know? Yeah, this that reminds me of a couple of years ago when you started doing a survey. Can you kind of talk about that? Oh, yeah, the Wednesday surveys. So, yeah, uh, our pastor at the time, he... He asked me right after our service, he was like, hey, how'd you think that went? And um, I w- my immediate response was, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that went. I mean, it seemed like we did okay, like we performed okay. But how do you really know if it was a good service or not, right? So we kind of went down this journey of of trying to determine. Uh, in fact, I even said in that moment, I was like, ask me on Wednesday and we'll see if we even remember what we did today, you know? Yeah. Was it impactful? I mean, it's hard enough for the people who plan a service to evaluate it, much less yeah. <laughs> to ever hear any feedback from the people that were sitting out there. Yeah. Exactly. And so we decided on to, to come up with a Wednesday survey. And basically what the Wednesday survey <laughs> was, um, we just sent it out. Uh, we did a little Google, uh, Google form and sent it out to a few people and had four questions. Uh, number one was, what was the big idea uh, that we learned on Sunday? Number two, why do you remember that? How do you remember that? What part of the service helped you remember that? Uh, number three was, what did you, uh, what did we talk about two Sundays ago? So 10 days ago. And number four was, what made you remember that? And so here's what we learned after doing that for a season, that every single time the person remembered what the idea was of the of the, of the, of the service, the big idea from scripture, always it was based on not the sermon or the songs. It was a, it was an interview we did or that time that the pastor came in as a professor and they talked about what the professor talked about, or, you know, we would uh, do a sketch or we would do, you know, some other special thing where they had to do something with their hands or whatever it might be. Or maybe the room was they had to sit a different way and we set it up yeah. a different way with the chairs or. Yeah. And they would remember the reason that we yeah. had to do that or whatever it was. And so, and so what we learned from all of that was that the more interesting things that we did, the more that they would remember those things later in the week. And even two weeks later was really common. I mean, like a high percentage, like 75% of the time they would remember what we talked about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. If there was something creative and interesting for them to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like reason enough for me. All right, so we kind of talked about the why of worship planning and um, creativity, and then it helps it learn, help us, helps us learn, and the spiritual aspect of that, um, and why it's just 
in general, a good idea to plan services in a team. The fact that we can get more people involved in our services, we can be more creative, we have a better understanding of the congregations because we have different perspectives with us. Yeah. Um, and one person can't be creative on demand like that for every single service right. every week. Now I want to go into just like a high level view before we go into next week with the tactical area, but like, what does it look like to gather a team around you and start this process? Next week, we'll talk about the meetings themselves, but but what does it look like to begin this? It starts with the right people in the room. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that you know, you've got to you've got to start asking yourself who are the creatives around you, and that's not always you know the people that are playing the instruments and all that. Not that those people aren't creative, but this is something that allows other people to be a part and speak into that process of what happens. Um, and so, start looking around, and you know. Who are the people that, you know, maybe the, someone with the crazy hair or, you know, they just stand out from the group or they may not even be the, the wild, you know, life of the party. They may be someone that's in the video production and editing and they can see the in, inner workings of how that happens. Um, sometimes they're like super creative brained. Um, we've used people that are like in the academia world that just understand learning and engagement and um, education. And so super helpful in that process. Um, it's, it's really a chance to include so many different types of people in that process. And I think that's what yeah, makes it I really like great. St- like starting with the people with the weird colored hair. Oh yeah. That helps. You know, if they're fashion forward or if they're involved in some sort of industry that uses, you know, use like haircutting or something that's creative anyway, that seems like a good place to start to find people like that. So starts with the people in the room. And then I think, <clears throat> I think just the environment for it you know, has been important for us. You know, I know that it matters, that matters the way that people think and stuff. So chocolate is involved yep. almost exclusively. And caffeine. Every, and, and caffeine. Ca- yeah. Keep people with A comfortable going. place. Mm-hmm. A place where people just feel like they can just be themselves and be relaxed. Yeah. So, you know, if you can put your feet up, if you can, you know, have some chocolate and like you said, caffeine, just something that gives the environment of, Hey, we're not in a business meeting here. Yeah, We're going to be here for a few hours. Let's get comfortable. And you really want to help any environment that's going to build trust with it, that group of people. I think you might've just freaked people out when you said we're going to be here for a few hours. <gasps> oh, sorry. Who doesn't love a few hour long? meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creativity usually doesn't come in like quick, you know, 30 second spurts. You kind of have to like, let it I don't know, marinate for a while. Right. <laughs> you have to have a lot of bad ideas and random ideas yes. and a lot of silence. It, yeah, silence is silence is an important part of creativity. It really and is. What's that thing space. Austin always says? You gotta throw a lot of like noodles on the wall or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what sticks. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. See what sticks. I got you. I used to do that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the I think the issue with um uh, that that probably freaks people out to think about because we do try to try to block off two or three hours uh, when we do worship planning, and for us, it's it's always been pretty close to weekly, you know. And that may seem overwhelming, especially because you know you're not even full time at your church job and all that kind of stuff. And so, we would even say from a starting point, just imagine doing that once. You know, grab a few people, do that once for a service. 
or for a series of services, do you know, plant schedule two or three of them over a month or something like that. And then yeah, and and see the, how it goes. And the good thing about doing that is then you're not like tied down to like, this is the group. It has to be these five people right? because, you know, different groups of people are going to react differently to each other. And, you know, some people are going to that that synergy that's created is good and work. And sometimes it just doesn't. And yeah. so you're not locked into, it has to be this group. You don't have to fire somebody from yeah, your team. You just you don't, don't want to do that them next time. So, exactly. Yeah, that's true. All right. So a worship leader has decided to change up the, the way they plan services and kind of dive into this worship planning process because they want to be more creative um, and help people learn and experience um, things better in their services. They've gathered a unique and creative group of people around them, mm-hmm. and they've set aside two to three hours Ooh. to have a meeting. <laughs> I love it. They're Let's not to... call it a meeting. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. a session. It's a, have a have a to, cre- to have a creative planning session. To have a creative planning session. Yes, right? very important with chocolate and caffeine. Yes. yes, and then they just hit the ground and run with it. Right. Or is that what we talk about next week? <laughs> we're going to need to talk about that next week, probably. You know, I, I think that, when, you know, I, I, th- there's plenty of reason in this. You know, the uh, kind of another thing to think about. I've got a couple other thoughts in my head, Nicole, if it's okay. But one of them is like from just a motivational standpoint from a worship leader and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to pick four songs. Here's the thing. Do you have people in your church that are checked out, like that don't connect and they just arms are folded, they don't sing, they don't connect in some way, and it just feels like they're not fully there. See, I really believe that we should look at it as if though, if if somebody's not connecting to God or to the or to even the message of the day, that we need to consider that our fault. It's my fault. Now, it may not be my fault because that person may be asleep because they were up all night or they may be hungover or they may be whatever, but I need to own that as if it was my fault. So I'm going to do everything I possibly can to connect that person to the content that we have today and to connect that person to Jesus. And so, um, and if I keep doing the same things over and over again, I'm just going to keep singing those four songs. I'm going to keep going through the same structure. I'm going to keep preaching that sermon. I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to, every week we're going to try to have it look exactly the same or whatever it might be. We're going to get the exact same results, you know? And so it's, it's super important for us just from a learning perspective. And that's the other thing I want to talk about, like from a motivational standpoint, we want everybody to connect to God. And that means other things than just two things. And then, uh, from, from a learning perspective, people, uh, and Cammie and I have done a lot of teaching on this and we've, we've, um, done a lot of learning on this from various people. And one of the most helpful things I think is, this teaching that came out of Harvard and the way that people learn, it's not like the different learning styles and auditory and all that kind of stuff, because years after years later, now that that's being you know, taught for a while, most of the, most of the uh, education professionals say that that's bunk because we all learn all of those ways. Okay. Just at varying degrees. So there's no such thing as I only learn by watching or I only learn. <clears throat> the reality is that we all learn when it's difficult to learn. That's the concept. We all learn when it's difficult to learn. So if, if it's simple to do something, you aren't really going to learn it. And so the challenging part about that for service development is that there's nothing more simple in the world than driving to church and sitting in a church service. I mean, it may be hard to wake up. It may be hard to not get in a fight on the way to church or whatever it might be. But once you sit in that chair or that pew or whatever, 
all you have to do is stand up when they say stand up, sit down when they say sit down, and you have to um, listen to what the preacher says, and you have to then go home. And there's no challenge in any of that. The teaching may be challenging or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and you actually, you're just going to go on autopilot, some of that. You know, you just, it, it's the same thing every week. So you literally can check out. I mean, I'm sure all of us have done that at some point or another where your brain just like wanders and you're like, I don't even know what we're talking about. I've now. probably checked out at least once during this actual podcast. Yeah. Here, why are we talking? Yeah. So yeah, it's simple to do. But the, the principle that we learn in that is make it hard, make it difficult to learn. Does that mean a lot of uh, quadratic equations mm. involved in yeah. math yeah. now? Yeah. Math Ton, is always good. Tons of math. Uh, I wanted to say that because it's important as we go through this worship planning process that we'll talk about next week. Um, that we are able uh, to create moments uh, where your brain and your body and everything has to chew on stuff and work on it, work it out so that it's more difficult because then true learning can take place. Because honestly, we can kill it on Sunday. I mean, I know you've stepped off that platform before like I have and you've gone, nailed that one. I mean, we like that one, slayed, put a fork in it, we, we killed that one. We arrived, we killed it. And then on Monday afternoon, you could ask everybody and not one person remembers that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, then why did we go through the process? Why did, we, why did we kill ourselves? I mean, to be faithful to God, I get that. It's good to get the word of God. It never returns void, all that. But honestly, if we're not moving people forward in their knowledge of God and their relationship to God, then we're wasting a lot of people's time. So that's really good. I have one more question. Uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand, so this could go terribly wrong and I might have to cut it out. Um, you guys have taught this to a lot of different churches over the years. Has there ever been a church or worship leader regret putting this process into place? I mean, it takes a lot of time as we talked about, it takes a lot of people. Has anyone planned a services or with this and gone, you know, what? nope, that wasn't worth it. I don't think so. I don't I don't know of that. I'm trying to think of a situation. I know that there's probably been people attempt it and and start out doing something like this and they just don't keep it up. Yep. Because like Austin said, it does take extra time and attention and people and resource, you know, all of those things. But you know, as he was sitting there talking about this, it made me think I think one of the greatest benefits of this is that value when we haven't talked about this, but the value of humility that comes from doing something like this, mm, because all of a sudden the buck may not stop at one person's desk anymore. Like it, it feels like it's a, a shared effort and that team um, vision that has happened. And so I think all of a sudden, you know, there's a, Hey, this is about what God wants us to do and not what one person has an agenda to create on it for Sunday. Love that. So I don't know. I just, when you were talking a while ago, it made me really see the vision of the whole thing Mm -hmm. clearer, you know? Love it. Thanks guys for uh, joining me here today in the Worship Worship Catalyst Studios to talk about (laughs) worship planning. Um, If you're listening, we'd really appreciate a subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a review. If you don't, then you just pause it now. (laughs) You can also also find us on social media at Worship Catalyst. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and we post a bunch of great content there as well. Until next time, see you guys.